If you would take your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to read this chapter, and then we're going to do a study in back in Luke to get a, an idea of what we're going to be studying here. We want to look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and read it and uh, uh, then start our study. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoicing not in iniquity, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass, darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now about a faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. If you would turn to Luke chapter 6. The title of the message this afternoon is the Golden Rule. We've all heard about the Golden Rule. We've all looked at the Golden Rule. We've all studied the Golden Rule. So we want to look at this once again. We're going to be looking at verses 26 through 40 as our study points. But we need to kind of get an idea. And that chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians gives us a little bit of idea about charity, about the love for others, the love for each other and the love for others. Let's go to the Lord in prayer once again. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the day. Thank you for this opportunity to be able to study your word, to proclaim your word, to and delve, delve into your word that we can look upon it, study it, and uh, receive the blessings that you have for us through your word. Lord, we just ask that you just especially be with uh, services this afternoon. Pray for each one that is here and gathered together. Pray especially for those that are not able to come. I ask you, Father, just to bless them, supply their needs, bless all of these that have been on our prayer list. Pray that you might meet each and every need that they have. Go with us now through this day and this week, and uh, we'll give you the praise, the honor, and glory for all things in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> Introduction. What is commonly called the golden rule is quoted by Matthew in chapter 7 and verse number 12. 
in his writings from what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Also in Luke chapter 6 and verse number 31, among his writings from what could be called the Sermon on the Plain. And the reason why I say that, if you look at uh, chapter 6 and verse number 17, it says, And he came down with them and stood in the plain, and the company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. All the world pays lip service to the excellence of the golden rule. We all know that. But many refuse to follow the teachings of the golden rule. As a matter of fact, Jesus did not give the rule to the world, but to his disciples. Luke 6, verse number 20. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, and then he proceeds to tell the blessings there. So it is not to everybody, this golden rule. It should be. It should be every person in this world should take heed of the golden rule that the Bible teaches. The world may agree that it would be good for other men to follow this rule, but each one finds excuses for himself to break that rule because he really doesn't understand or believe in the Lord who gave this golden rule. Only by considering the appropriate doctrines associated with this rule can we even begin to understand that it really makes good sense and is in the long run a very practical rule for a genuine believer in Christ, but also to the lost. This practical, genuine, golden rule should be abided by all people. But if you'll notice in verses 20 through 23 of this Luke here, he begins to give the, the show the blessings or the blessed people because it says, blessed be ye, be ye poor. Blessed are ye that hunger. Blessed are ye that weep now. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you. Then you look at verse number 23. It says, rejoice in that day. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. But then you, then it gets into verses 24 through 26, and we see the, the woes that are brought out by Jesus Christ here. It says, um, but woe unto you that are rich. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you. There's, there's blessings that he's teaching here, and there's also woes that he brings forth and gives us this instruction. He gives us the proper instruction how we are to, to function as people, as his people. But if you look at verse number 26, it says, Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. <clears throat> Flattery, basically, is what he's talking about here. When men shall speak well of you, they're just flattering you. They're just trying to make you look good, make you feel good. But we all desire to be well thought of and well spoken of 
by everyone. We like that flattery. We like that uplifting, so to speak. If someone comes up to us and says, you did a good job, you did this right, you did this thing, and we get we get puffed up, so to speak, when we hear those things. And we desire those things. The desire is perfectly, perfectly natural, but it can be a snare unto us and a mistake in our lives. In this sinful, mixed-up world, true Christians or spokespersons of God, and we are, all God's people are spokespersons for God, True Christians are not popular in this day and time. Look over at John chapter 15. John 15 verse number 19. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. And we're seeing that more and more on a daily basis in the world today. Uh, Christians are being um, chastised, being uh, brought down, being, being talked upon, all these things. Christians are not popular in this day and time with the lost. If we are determined to please men, we must become lying hypocrites. We can't always please men. And we will certainly displease God if we try to please men with whatever we have that we try and please men with, being hypocrites. False prophets are the ones well spoken of by men. We can easily escape the grief of judgment spoken of here by bearing a faithful testimony for Jesus Christ. If we're faithful to Christ... We're going to bear judgment in our lives, not from Christ, but from the world. They're going to look down on us for what we believe, for what we stand for. They will look down on us. Verses 27 through 30 says, But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. On the surface, the world of Jesus, I'm sorry, on the surface, the words of Jesus here are not hard to understand. They are just difficult to obey. In fact, they are so difficult to obey that many false disciples and false religion, religious leaders avoid personal responsibility for obedience. They do this by twisting the words into a kind of social gospel that they teach and preach now. But the commands are strictly personal in this word here and refer strictly to personal relationships. You'll turn back into Matthew chapter 5 and look at verse number 44. Matthew 5, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to, 
to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. This is Christ teaching his disciples, teaching us how we are to treat our enemies, how we are to treat our fellow man, our enemies. It is, of course, much easier to play Robin Hood than it is to act like a Christian. You know, Robin Hood, he just, he did it in the, um, in the way to hide. He would take from the rich and give to the poor, but he did that in a hiding type of way so that he was in the background, so that he didn't, uh, they didn't see him. But if you'll notice, our modern social reformers do not give of their own substance to the poor as Jesus commanded. But they seek even more riches and power for themselves. You see that every day in today's society. Nor do they generally love, bless, or pray for their personal personal or political enemies, as this word of God teaches us here today. <clears throat> Instead, they are the main activists of hate and strife. Think about it. The Hollywood people, the athletes, the political officials of today would rather someone else help the poor than to do it themselves, that have a part in that. So many of your Hollywood people, and especially the athletes, uh, hate what we as Christians want to do for those that are that are um, that don't have what they actually need, but they're so rich in their wealth and things like that, they still think that they ought that somebody else should have to pay for it. But they would rather someone else help the poor, and we see that every day. Then I'll well, we'll say there are some that um, that will contribute to these uh, good good services and things like that, but for the most part. Especially our political officials. They don't, they just do not do anything except use somebody else's money. Verse number six, verse number 31. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Human logic, or just our plain thinking and caution would direct us to wait for some evidence of the attitudes or intentions of others before deciding how to treat them. You know, human logic says, I'm not going to help this person unless I see something that I like in that person or, or that that person will do good. I'm not, I don't want to uh, put myself forward to this person until I see some evidence. But the golden rule, the rule of faith that's spoken of here, does not ask what others have done or may do. It simply asks, how would I like to be treated? That's what this golden rule is talked about. Not how we are to, but how we would want, how we would uh, do unto others as they would have us do, uh, as they would do unto us. We must have faith in God to try following this rule. And even more faith when we find that others do not appreciate our kindness and may even return to us evil for good. We see that in every day today also. Then look at verses 32 through 34 here. 
For if ye love them which love you, what thank ye have? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. So what's he saying here? Sometimes we overlook what uh, the idea of what dreadful sinners we are. Long after that sinful nature is supposed to have been brought under subjection. As children of God, we are recipients of his splendid favor. And we ought to do better than other people. As these verses are talking about. Other people, including some of the worst of sinners, love those who love them. As the verse says, other people, including sinners, exchange one good deed for another. Other people, even sinners, are willing to lend to borrowers whom they can reasonably expect to repay. This is all other sinners do this same thing. Are the followers of Christ no better? And do they not wish to do better than such sinners? God's people are expected to be better than sinners, aren't we? We're expected to do better. We're expected to do over and above what these sinners that are spoken of here actually do. <clears throat> because it says, for if you love them which love you, sinners do that. We know that. But we're God's people are expected to, to be better than sinners. Although we are sinners in ourselves. But let's look at verse 35 and 36. It says, But love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your, your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the thankful and to the evil. But ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. <clears throat> Genuine believers in Christ belong to the family of God. They are not dependent upon the favors of this world, but seek their rewards from their heavenly master. We seek our rewards from God. If they truly are children of the most high God, they ought to show the likeness of his character <clears throat> in their conduct. <clears throat> are we not taught that we're to be like Christ? Are we not taught that we are to emulate Christ? that he be our example? Sure we are. That's what these, these verses here are talking about. Genuine believers in Christ belong to the family of God. We should be different. Verse 37 and 38, Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. <clears throat> God has arranged his creation. God, from the beginning of the world, set his creation in, in, in a particular fashion, particular way. And he arranged it, and he governs it. 
that every tree bears it on its own kind of fruit. And then we see that today. Pear tree bears pear trees, an apple and apple. Every life produces appropriate results. In the long run, each of us can expect to receive ourselves the kind of treatment we have handed out to others. That's the whole idea of the golden rule. We're to treat others like they would want that we would want them to treat us. This fruit does not depend upon the appreciation or the gratitude of men who are frequently ungrateful, but upon the simple fact that God has ordered it. God tells us this is how we're supposed to, to act, interact with other people, that we're to be better than the sinners, that we are to, to treat them right the way that God would have uh, us to treat them. Verse 39 and 40 says, And he spake a parable unto them, Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? <clears throat> the disciple is not above his master, but every one that is perfect shall be as his master. Finally, remember that children of God are the salt of the earth, the light of the world, whose mission is to lead others out of spiritual darkness and into the light of the gospel. Strength for the work to which God has called us demands that we have our own eyes open to spiritual truth in the way of life. <clears throat> We're to have that truth within us. And that light that we have within us is to be shown unto others. We're to lead others and teach others and tell others of the gospel of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> It is not right that the disciple should expect to be treated better than his master. The rule of this strength requires that we should be like him. We're to be like Christ, like I said before. We're to be the example in the world today. We're to be like Jesus Christ so that we can reflect the light that Jesus Christ has, has shown upon his people. When we began this, we talked about Matthew 7 and 12. It says, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. That's the golden rule. That is the golden rule. Whatever we do to men, we should, have, we should expect them to do the same. When we dissect this verse here, it says, therefore, that is because God gives good things to them that ask. Then he says, therefore, all things. What is this all things? Not just some things, just all things that he's talking about. Whatsoever ye would, not what you expect, but what you, whatever you would, that men should do, not what they really do. Now, what they really do, but even so, means not a cheap imitation. We're not to be cheap imitators of the, of the word of God. And then it says here, it talks about the law and the prophets. That is which Jesus came to fulfill. Christ came to fulfill the law and, of the, and the prophets. In uh, Matthew 5, verse 17, and we'll close with this verse. Matthew 5, 17 Think not that I am come to destroy the law 
or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Christ came to fulfill the law. Christ came to be an example for his, for his people. Christ came that we would emulate him, that we would be like him, and that we would project that example onto other people, even our enemies, as we have studied this day. Thank the Lord for his word. Thank him for watching over us through this day. And we pray that he will uh, continue to be with us.